It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. So good to just welcome my friend and my pastor, Brian Olick from Engedi Church, Holland, Grand Rapids. So good to have you with us, Brian. Great to be here as always. Are you having a good new year? Yeah, yeah, so far so good and excited about this year and I'm excited about growing more in my faith. Yeah. Growing more in Jesus because you know Ben keeps telling me, "Perry, you really need to grow up." <laughs> You really need to grow up in your faith, aren't you, Ben? I don't recall ever saying that, actually. Okay, okay. That must must have come from Scott, then. It may have. No, it definitely came from Shauna. Oh, she's in Australia. She can't defend herself. That's right. There we go. Shots fired. Well, we know know we can't be saying grow up uh, in your physical health, because we've all heard what a specimen you are, Perry, when it comes to all things physical (laughs) health, so... Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Are yeah. you are you guys big New Year's resolutions people or not really? I'm not really a big New Year's resolution guy, but I do like to be guided by, you know, by some disciplines and sure. by some, you know, maybe scriptures and such. Just mm-hmm. kind of like soak on certain things that God drops into my heart at the end of, you know, the year and at the beginning of the new year. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ben, any big ones or not? Uh, no, I'm not a resolution guy myself. You know, I did, I did in the middle of last year look at things and say to myself, I really need to be saying the word no a yeah. little bit more often. Yeah, that's good. See, see myself saying yes way too much, not just um, not just in personal life, but in church life and everything yeah. else, and just stretch myself a little too thin. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's funny because I, I'll talk to people all the time about New Year's resolutions and and some people are real big resolution people. I mean, they'll, and you hear the cliche ones of, and they're important for a reason. We're going to work out more. And uh, that's never Perry's, of course, because again, specimen. But, um, but uh, you know, eat different or different, all these things. Some people want to read more books. And, and I was thinking this year, what really drives all of the resolutions that we have? And I thought probably for most of us, even if you're not a resolution person, even if it's just how can, you know, how can I have a fresh outlook in the new year? It usually is. I want to be happier. It's, I want to have, I feel like this will make me a happier, better life kind of person. Yeah. And so then I came across this passage of scripture and Hebrews chapters five and six are all about maturity. And, and there's a metaphor used here to describe a a spiritually mature person. And it says, uh, this is Hebrews six, verse seven, land that drinks in the rain often. We could say a person who drinks in the word of God often Hmm. falling on it. And that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. Yeah. And I thought, man, you know, in many ways, all these things we do, we're, they're about, in a sense, receiving blessing. Now, here's the interesting thing about blessing. So, so 2 Corinthians 9, blessing can be material. It can be, you know, tangible. God blesses us with things or resources. Um, I think Ephesians 1, uh, where, where it promises we can have spiritual blessings but one of the great themes in the Bible when it comes to blessing is that blessing is happiness. In fact, some Bible translations, instead of saying blessed is the person, it'll just straight up say happy is the person. Yeah, the Beatitudes. Right, exactly. Yep. And so I thought it's so interesting because here the scripture in Hebrews chapter 6 is straight up saying basically spiritual growth, spiritual maturity leads to happiness, the thing that we're all after. Life to the full. You know, I think of Jesus' words, I have come to give you life. And life to the full. That's right. And so as we're growing in faith and obedience, 
then our joy is rising and we're living that life to the full. It's not a temporary happiness. You know, you go out and buy something, it makes you giddy. But when you grow in Jesus, when you grow in faith and obedience and grow in the gospel, that's where the joy really is. Right. And it's not it's not always an emotion, right? That's right. Yeah. And it's you know, and it's funny. It's it's not always an emotion, but it's and and, and it's it's funny. I was reading a book called, uh, by Arthur Brooks, and he was just saying that he's talking to specifically actually people later in life, but he's saying um, one of the biggest joy happiness producers as people have maybe put full force into their their uh, jobs and their careers, he said is pursuing spiritual growth and. And here is this guy writing who's New York Times bestseller and, and all this. And I, I thought how contrary this is to a lot of our New Year's resolutions. A lot of us are going after the, this year is the job, this year is the house, this year is the whatever. And what if we just really made top priority to say, I'm, I'm going to get after God in my spiritual life this year. Yeah. And Shauna has said something like, who do you want to be in a year? Mm. I think that's really been hitting her. And then it hit me. Like, who do I want to be? come this December. Yeah. And I want to be a person who has, I'm, I'm an achiever. So I like to do things. I like projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the first time I find myself thinking, you know what? I want to have more fruit of the spirit in my life Wow, that's by good. December. Yeah. And so, you know, I was thinking about when I was in high school, the Lord just put in my heart, this passion for God's word. I went and I listened to this Catholic priest. It was like a event at a Holiday Inn, you know, in the conference room. And, and he just talked about the Word. And he put the Word of God to his heart. And he just communicated his love. And it's like the Holy Spirit just put that in my heart. But I just left it there. Mm. God had put this burning in my heart for his Word, but I just left it there. And I didn't grow at all mm-hmm. from sophomore year to senior year. But then when I got into the word in college, yeah, man, I just like started growing and sprouting yeah. and all that stuff and, and my joy increased. So this morning we're going to be talking about how we need to grow up in our faith. That's right. But how that's, that's, that's the life that we really long for. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear you saying. Yep. That's exactly right. And I love what you said about the word of God, because that's uh first Peter says that we, we grow up and we literally, it says to grow up, we need to crave sp- pure spiritual milk, mm-hmm. which is the word of God. So you're, you're so on point. What does it take to grow up to become a mature follower of Jesus? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's a big question. Um, Well, how about this? We'll first talk about just kind of some key marks. And then maybe we can, as we go through the show, we can can get more practical with it. But I'll tell you the biggest mistake I see people make when it comes to, am I growing up spiritually? Am I in a healthy place? And that is really assessing it just by their feelings. Do I, do I feel, I feel like I'm kind of spiritually mature. I feel like I'm going to, well, as is as the case with a lot of life, your feelings aren't always the best indicator for everything. Right. Sometimes our feelings, you ever had moments where your feelings maybe led you astray a little bit? I don't Man, we don't have time, brother. <laughs> we don't have time, but we can talk about it during the course of the show. But yeah, this feelings thing was a major thing that catapulted me from the realm of feelings and basing my, you know, my standing with God on feelings yeah. and moving into, you know, no, it's not my feelings. It's, it's trusting in the truth, but yeah. yeah, go ahead. That's so good. That's so good. Well, that's, that's the thing I think that our culture right now is so feelings oriented that it's yeah. like, well, if I feel like I'm in a good place, well, we want to define our maturity, not by how we feel, but actually by what God says about 
maturity. So that's the that's the thing I really want to encourage people today is don't just look at yourself and go, do I feel okay? And really there are three marks of maturity we're going to we're going to unpack as the as the show unfolds today. These all come out of Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. So we're just going to fly over them right now. Um, mark of maturity number one is that you are living out the basics of faith. Okay, that's a it's stuff like turning to Jesus and away from f- false saviors and baptism and serving your church and living your light your life in light of eternity. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mark number one, living out the basics. Number two, sharing the basics. So I'm not just keeping all that to myself. I'm actually. Uh, you know, investing in other people. And I I like to think of it this way. I give my kids that what I call the Captain Sunday test for maturity. Okay. And this is, this is when they were little, some of you parents will, will uh, resonate with this. When they were little, it was like uh, they were going to get their arm cut off if they had to share some ice cream with dad. Got to middle school. They were willing to at least acquiesce. I would say, Hey, time for the dad tax, everybody. And uh, the middle school students would say, okay, here you go. And uh, so I thought, wow, we're making progress. And then when I knew we had a true existential breakthrough, uh, we get to Captain Sunday and we get ice cream and they offer it to me unprompted. And I thought, wow, that's maturity, sharing Woo! the basics. So that was, uh, that's the third mark. We share our basics of faith. And then the third thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this more later, is building beyond the basics, learning from God's word, fresh things, implementing those things in our life. Not a bunch of talk. It actually affects our walk on a day-by-day year-by-year basis. Brian, just just talk about, give us a flyover of what spiritual maturity looks like, how we get to spiritual maturity. I mean, we don't get there and stop. It's We continue to grow, but, but what's the pathway? Yeah, I think that there are, well, there are three key marks in the book of Hebrews. One is that you're living out the basics of faith. Second is that you're sharing them. And that third is that you're building beyond them. And so I thought maybe we just take a minute to talk about what some of those basics of faith are. I think yeah. sometimes we assume, oh, you know, I've, yeah, I've, I've been in church before. Or I grew up in the church or I, I've read a little bit of the Bible. So let's just make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to the fundamentals. And I like to think of the basics of faith, and this really comes out of Hebrews chapter 6, first couple of verses, as, uh, as, as, as the following. Number one, that we say we've turned away from all these false saviors and idols and turned towards Jesus for life. And that's, that's a big one. I, I, think, I think for me, even in ministry, mm-hmm. you can make I, I, ministry, quote unquote, success or impact, you can make that something that is satisfying your heart. Mm-hmm. And you really have to say, I am not. I'm not going to let false idols, saviors, etc., be the kind of thing that's giving me life. So, number one, turn to Jesus. Number two, demonstrating your commitment to Jesus through baptism, through serving in your church. Very clear, using your gifts to build into the body of Christ. And then number three, living in light your life in light of eternity, and that is uh, that is expressed clearly through uh, what the Scripture would say: how we handle the gospel, do we share it or not, and even how our, how we handle our finances is is uh, a, a reflection of eternity. Yeah. So this living out the basics. So that's the that's really the first step in becoming a a, a full grown believer in that's Jesus. Right. So you know, like last year, I you know I do some music. I'm a singer and songwriter and released some music. And, and last year I, I put out a song in March and the song did really, really well. Cool. And, you know, by my, my standards, I'm not, I try not to compare myself with others. You know, you look at 5 million streams, you know, (laughs) 
But for me, it was just like a really, really big success. The right. song was listened to by just a ton of people, got a, a lot of great feedback. And I actually, there were a couple of people in the Christian music industry, not big names. If I said their names, you wouldn't know who they are, but they were people I respect mm-hmm. and just said some really, really kind things about me. Wow. Affirming things about me. And it just really messed with my head because I realized that in my heart, I had really been chasing that mm. throughout my whole ministry, mm. was getting kudos from from the insiders. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then we let those things satisfy and feed our hearts. I think of Tim Keller's book, Counterfeit Gods, where it's just there are, we, we have these. And, and John Calvin once said, the heart, I, I'm paraphrasing badly here, but John Calvin, Calvin said something like, the heart is a perpetual idol-making factory. Yeah. And we're always looking for the next thing that's going to deliver instead of Jesus. And I read Counterfeit Gods last year mm-hmm. and it wrecked me. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And so I just decided to, you know what, this is really, this is a God in my life. Mm-hmm. This, you know, checking every day to see how my streams are rising mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so I just, in June, I was ready to jump back into the whole, you know, I'm going to record some demos and go back to Nashville. And I just, I, the Holy Spirit said, stop. Wow. Just stop. And so from June until just the end of the year, I I just put that on the shelf, the whole recording thing. I put it on the shelf. I read Counterfeit Gods, and the Lord has reset my heart. Wow, that's to, awesome. To love Him. Yeah. And to love Him first. And I know I'm going to continue to struggle with false saviors in my life, but I, but God's done a deeper work in my heart, and I know that uh, Tim Keller says in, in Counterfeit Gods that when we think we hit bedrock— and our only joy is Jesus, we haven't hit bedrock. <laughs> There's still going to be yeah. a, a, a deeper place to go in making Jesus our treasure. And he says, you know, this is this is the journey of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And sometimes that makes me so hungry for heaven because I can't wait for when my motives and hungers are fully for Jesus and fully satisfied in Jesus. Oh, that's going to be true life. Yeah, yeah. And... But we're on the journey. That's right. Another one is demonstrating that relationship with Christ through baptism and then through even serving, taking the gifts God's given us and actually implementing them to make a difference in the life of others. Yeah, and on the, you know, baptism, if you haven't been baptized— you know, I encourage you to do that. In fact, and Getty, we've got a baptism coming up this this Sunday, this right? This Sunday, yeah. A spontaneous because we talked about baptism last week and we didn't have it planned. And I said, you know what? We need to give people an opportunity. So there we go. Yeah. So it's a way to not only dedicate your life to the Lord, but to rededicate your life to the Lord as well. Yeah. And serving. Serving is so huge. And, and I think for serving, this is a basic of growing up in the faith. You know, I... My, one of my former pastors and good friend of mine, Rod Van Sokolma, says, find your street corner. Find your street corner and serve. Because, that's good. Because that's where God wants you to bring his kingdom to the chaos. And so, you know, God puts different passions in our heart. Mm-hmm. So find that street corner and serve. That'll help us grow. 
That's so good. And then I think of that last basic faith, living in light of eternity. And I, I really, when I when I was meditating on that, I thought, what are the key areas that really reflect in, in, in scripturally that we're living in light of eternity? And I think one of them is, is, is in our finances that, you know, how do you invest? Do you invest for now or do you invest for, for heaven, so to speak? But another is how we handle the gospel. And I remember a time uh, in my life where I thought, here I am, somebody who fully believes in in eternal realities of heaven and hell and the importance of Jesus. And I really had to ask myself, when is the last time I shared the gospel with someone? How how much do I carry a burden for my neighbors? And the answer was, it wasn't recently and not terribly much. Um, so I I really confessed in that moment, Father, I've I've lost some of the weight of eternity in my heart. And I just started praying for my neighbors in a whole new way of, God, I so desperately want to see them come into a relationship with you, discover forgiveness, and and discover their purpose in Christ. And uh, really, it presented over time some really cool opportunities to have conversations with them about spiritual things. What's, can you tell me, take me to a moment where, you know, after you prayed that, you got a chance to, to share with somebody? Yeah, so a neighbor and I were were uh, taking leaves to the to the fairgrounds here in Holland, and uh, we we lived in a very wooded neighborhood. And in the process, he was talking about some challenges that he was going through in his life. And as as he started challenge or as he started sharing those challenges, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, "Hey, this is a time you've got to to uh, share more forthrightly that." these challenges will not be solved apart from the power of God and that God is standing by and eager to join him in the midst of those. So here we are just loaded up with leaves and he starts sharing these challenges. And I, I, I think appropriately and gently, not, not in a preachy kind of way say, you know, friend, what has made a big difference in my life is this is the kind of thing I go to God and I, I pray. And I think Jesus wants to help us with those things. Then I, and I didn't talk, I don't, you don't want to talk too much in those situations. So I, I said a little bit and then I said, is that something you've ever done or you've ever thought about? And then that began a whole conversation about his spiritual background and journey. I love that you asked questions. You know, we can ask those questions and, and that makes it really conversational. And I found that as we ask questions and people come forward and they answer, mm-hmm. that shows that the Holy Spirit is at work in, in, in their lives. Yeah, that's so true. And, and the funny thing is, I think so many people are, are nervous about conversations like this. Well, it turns out most people enjoy talking about well, themselves in general, but in particular, they'll, they'll, they enjoy talking about their spiritual lives. We make it this big thing. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to probe or I don't want to intrude or whatever. What I found is when you ask questions, people love opening up about their journey and and that builds trust and gives you an opportunity to share a little bit about what Jesus is all about in your life. Yeah, I was listening to uh, an interview, one of Tim Keller's last interviews and Tim, you know, passed in May and Great pastor, apologist, communicator of the faith, author, written a ton of books. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Tim was being interviewed, and he said to he said in this interview that he said I would have become a better man if I really believed I was going to die. Hmm. You know, he he just admitted that deep down in his heart, he thought he was going to live forever. You know, in this in this world without heaven 
and all that stuff, not even, you know, considering spiritual things. Mm-hmm. He just didn't believe he was going to die. And it just knowing that he, his life had an expiration date. Right. When he really knew that, it helped him to focus and it, it made him grow more deeply in Jesus. Yeah. And, and he even writ, wrote some of the best stuff that, that he's ever written. He also said, I wouldn't trade away this illness and that it's leading to my death. I wouldn't trade it away for the prayer life that I now have. And he said, frankly, I didn't have that great of a prayer life before I knew I was going to die. Wow. And I wouldn't trade that away for anything. So, you know, living in light of eternity is not just checking out of this world mm-hmm. and not and not pressing into what needs to happen in our world. It actually increases that, I think. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And it's it's funny, my wife and I have a little bit of a, I don't want to say debate on this, but she doesn't love thinking about death too much. That's just sure. not her favorite. Yeah. For I think part of it's my, my future orientation. I naturally just think about dying more, not in some obsessive way, but I, I think about that. And I've even, I, I, I just last week, I mean, this is going to sound morbid, but I was just trying to think what would I really care about if I were, if I had one week left, if I just knew it's, yeah. it's over. Yeah. And even doing that mental exercise, it was interesting just how clear I got on in a fresh way on what mattered and what didn't. And I felt so validated. I, I've mentioned this book, and I, not to be a, a, an Arthur Brooks, uh, you know, go on and on about it, but his book is From Strength to Strength. And literally yesterday, I was reading chapters where he is saying he's taking uh, taking the the reader through exercises where they think about death for exactly the reason you're saying mm-hmm. when you're clear. About death, yes, it's hard to imagine. If it's far, if we were healthy, it's a far way off. These kinds of things hard. To, but what's it look like to really think about? I'm going to have a last day, and what what do I want? You know, what do I want people to remember me for? Is it? Well, that was a big house. He really lived in a big house. That was a nice car he drove. Or are they going to say, "Wow, he loved well. He was yeah. gentle. He listened yeah. to me." We want this magic pill that we swallow and become spiritually mature. The truth is there is no such thing. It is a long life of consistent movement in the same direction. That's what leads to maturity. Maturity in the Bible, spiritual maturity, leads to happiness and joy yeah. and fulfillment. And it's yeah. not a pill. Some things, you know, you think, oh, if I just get that or buy that, then I'll, that's not how it is with spiritual maturity. When you become spiritually mature, you do step into happiness, though. And so we really need to ask, well, what does that look like? One of the aspects of spiritual maturity is living out the basics of faith. We've spent a little bit of time talking about that today, turning to Jesus, getting baptized, serving in your church, living in light of eternity, but not just living out the basics. And this is so important. It's sharing the basics with others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that we go, well... If I know the basics and I can look at my life and I think, yeah, I'm living a nice Christian life. My life reflects the basics. Then we think, well, I must be a mature person. Actually, not quite. Mm-hmm. A mature person is not someone, and it's coming back to my ice cream illustration I said easier, earlier, a mature person isn't someone who just knows how to buy good ice cream for themselves. They share it. And I love when I see examples of this in in other people's lives. So just yesterday, I was interviewing someone for our our podcast, Made to Advance. And she was running her company. She does competitive cheerleading. And she realized that really any place we live is, is a platform 
to share what God has done in our lives. You have to adjust it depending on where you're at, if it's your job or your neighborhood or with your friends or at school. But at the end of the day, she said, hold on. It's like I'm compartmentalizing my life and I'm not really sharing any of what God has done in me overtly in my company. She had a company for uh, that, that helped uh, cheerleaders. And so she just started sharing it from the front. This is who I am. This is what has made me the person I am. This is why I, I lead cheerleading experiences the way I do. And, and the cheerleaders were so attracted to that example. And then she started giving a workshop. It was, it was voluntary, but it was a, a workshop that was something like uh, being a Christian and a cheerleader or something like that. Hmm. And it was yet another platform where students could opt in to hearing more about what does it look like to be a competitive cheerleader and to follow Jesus faithfully. And so again, my point is, and this is what was so inspiring, uh, you know, on the on this this interview on the, our podcast, is she wasn't just living out the basics. She was really intentionally saying, how do I share those with people around me? Yeah, how do I pass the baton? That's right. I think that one of the great inheritances of our tradition is our salvation is by grace and and growth is still very much by grace and the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting because in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6, the author is talking about these words. He uses the words, train yourself. Mm. Now, you know, I don't know if we always necessarily hear that. We think, well, God needs to grow me and I need to just pray and he needs to do his thing and all that. But he says, train yourself, get yeah. after this thing. And so that's what we're yeah. talking about. What does it look like? Spiritual maturity is is the promised way from God on how we experience completion, wholeness, happiness, joy. And so what's it look like to be spiritually mature? Well, we talked about the basics of faith. We need to live out those basics. We need to know what they are, but not just know what they are. They need to make their way into our lifestyle. We've said we need to share the basics. We can't just be enough to say, well, I'm a great Christian person. I've learned the basics. I'm living them out. And and I even share them with some people around me at work or in a small group at church, something like that. But here is the last mark of a spiritually mature person. And this is the one, if I have to be honest, that most challenges me personally. It's not just living the basics, not just sharing the basics. The third mark is building beyond the basics. Or I might even say building on top of the basics. Let's go back to what the basics are again. Somebody's yeah. just checked in. So it's, number one, it's it's turning to Jesus for the first time, of course. But we continue to turn to Jesus. And then baptism. Yep. is a is a huge step in the walk of faith it's then it's serving it's finding your street corner where you can where you can pour into the lives of others and then it's living in light of eternity you know having eternity in mind and having that influence us and then so that's the basics that's and then it. and then sharing the basics is is really just pressing into being a disciple maker mm-hmm. somebody who is a disciple who makes disciples someone who is a mentor who helps others grow in their faith. So, but there's more. And that's, that's right. That's what we want to talk about building beyond the basics. How do I do that? Brian, all like. Well, you know, and the thing is, I would say to those who just heard your, your perfect summary of the basics for some, they'll, you're going to hear that alone and go, Whoa, I am not 
nailing the basics. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was this mature person and, and spiritually, but, but so I would say for the person who just needs to focus on the basics, that's okay. Just focus on the basics. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't don't shame yourself. Don't uh, also don't ignore. If you sense a little bit of conviction from the Holy spirit, don't ignore it, but just do you focus on the basics right now? Well, the basics are, are fundamentals. Yeah. And so I find myself, I have to come back to the fundamentals Mm -hmm. Every day. Yeah. I can't move beyond the basics if I don't continue practicing the basics. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And like you said, in particular with, I would say with turning from false saviors to Jesus and living in light of eternity, living our lives in light of eternity, uh, those are things we're constantly doing or need to be constantly doing. But uh, there comes a time where you say, okay, but, uh, you know, I need to grow just beyond these things. And and that's the thing you really see in Hebrews. There's this idea of of the author calling us to, leave. he says, leave the elementary truths. Now, he's not saying forget them or quit living them. He's saying, man, we need to not just spend all of our time talking about the basics. We've got to get beyond those. And this has been a big challenge to me because I think when you have a history of following Jesus, it's easy to point to experiences you've had in the past, mm. things you've done, faith steps you've taken, and you go, I'm good. I'm good. And really what healthy spirituality looks like, what mature Christian faith looks like, is you can really look back on every year and point to new things you've learned from God's Word and specifically point to how those revelations and insights is shaping and affecting how you're living right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Christina and I have done, I'll just say in a practical way, we used to think, I mean, back in the day, we, we, would, we were tithing to our church and we thought, okay, you know, we've got it. You know, we're financially, we're just nailing it. And then one day we came across a passage in Corinthians that says, where Paul calls the, the Corinthians to excel in the grace of giving. And for, for some of us, this is going to, you're going to sound, well, it's going to sound basic because it is. I, we had this revelation, hold on, maybe tithing is less a finish line than it is a starting place. Hmm. And it, it totally unlocked our view of finances. And we really, from that point on, we said, we don't, we don't want to just live out the basics and go, well, you know, tithing, hey, I'm, good. I'm in a good place. Yeah. We said, what's it look like to get beyond the basics? And we made this commitment. And, and of course, every, this is going to look different as, as the Holy Spirit would lead any given listener. But we just said, as God would enable us, we're going to try to increase our giving by 1% every year. And that felt like a big faith step. And we've, by God's grace, we've been able to live live into that vision and calling for many years now. But again, it was that idea of let's let's not just hang our hat on the thing we used to do, the basic, you know, the basic that we've been living. What's it look like to push for more? Yeah, don't you eventually get if you keep doing that? Don't you eventually get to a hundred percent? Well, because you're so healthy and and and, and plan on living to uh, hundred and fifty, I hope I hope you do, Perry. <laughs> no, but that's good, and it 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 sounds to me like moving beyond the basics is saying, God, put me in a place again where the only the only hope I have is you. Where if you don't come through, Lord, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Here is the thing: we all have this drift to be to want to be comfortable. Yeah, and I think some of us are risk. We, we are we're comfortable with risk in some areas, but then in other areas, and say spiritual life, we we're, we're risk averse. And I think what you said is exactly it. 
as we progress spiritually, we want to have a track record of continuing to say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I'm willing willing to walk on the water mm. again. Mm-hmm. I maybe did when I was 16 or 25 or 29, but I need to be at 45 and 70. I need to be able to say, Jesus, I'm still willing to t- take that step out of the boat in faith and in trust and, and put my life fully in your hands. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.